Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Support for the ISO is brought to you by Manscaped. Yep, that's right, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Well, brought my wife in on this read because it's a little awkward. (laughs) Thank you for that one, Dan. I actually think that this is something people probably have issues with and aren't exactly sure where to turn. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Now you might think, is this something I need? Have I ever had an incident when I probably could have used a Manscaped? Dan, I don't necessarily know that this is something you've ever had an issue with, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Well, here you go, folks. Right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ISO20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ISO20. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, you know, I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO podcast with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. We continue to try to bring conversations with people in the field of sports, typically basketball, coaches, players, front office executives. Today's a coach who's been at a number of different stops and at a number of different levels, and I quite frankly like what he's doing at his current stop. Head coach of the Portland State Vikings in the Big Sky, Barrett Peary. Coach, how are you doing in the park blocks? We're doing good, man. Every day is a new day like everybody, but uh, we're just trying to pass tests and be negative with the tests and be positive with everything else. You mentioned be positive with everything else. Uh, obviously, you don't want a positive test, but you've got to have a positive outlook um, in regards to the college basketball season, in particular when you're around your team. I had a chance to broadcast uh, one of your games earlier this year when you guys played the Washington State Cougars in Pullman. And what I was impressed with in regards to you and your team was the upbeat outlook that you provided on the sidelines. Is that something that you're making more of a concerted effort about this year because of everything that's going on in the world? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, we, we've had, you know, you and I have talked about it. We, we had a struggle just even getting to where we could be allowed to practice. You know, we started practicing on Thanksgiving. So we were 30 days or so behind everybody else when it came to all that stuff. So we had to get positive in a hurry. I generally think I'm a positive guy and a positive coach. You know, in my office, 
I, I have a, uh, a picture on the wall that says, would you want to play for you? So I try to rem remind myself every day that this needs to be a good experience. That doesn't mean that everything's rosy every day, but, but uh, you know, having a good outlook, having a good experience and, and having guys enjoy basketball, you know, it, it, it is a game and we want to enjoy it and have fun doing it. Uh, work can be fun and, and, and the struggles can be fun as well. But as we're all learning around the country, every day is a new day. You know, and you go through different experiences with all of this and just hoping you get to practice each day. You mentioned basketball, and it does bring a lot of people joy, whether you're playing, whether you're coaching, whether you're around the game as I am now on the broadcasting side. It's something that, that brings me a lot of joy. I can't imagine there was joy. There was more uncertainty in those 30 days that you mentioned of kind of being behind. How are you staying connected with your group? And were they even in the Portland area taking classes or, or were they off in their own home areas? You know, when, when everything shut down around the country in March, our guys went home shortly after that. And to be honest with you, you know, we recruited a new class and we had a big class of guys to get a lot of transfers and different things. High school guys came in. We didn't get our guys. We did not see our guys or get our guys back on campus until October 7th. So from March until October 7th, I didn't see one of them. We didn't get to be around them. We didn't get to have them here in Portland. They were all better off being at home where they could work out a little bit more freely than here because Portland was on such lockdown and our campus was on lockdown to where I couldn't even give guys a basketball to get in a gym anyway. So behind was a big word and trying to, trying to uh, stay connected and continue to communicate with them and, and build relationships, you know. Uh, I've never prided myself on or bragged myself up saying, man, I'm going to really out X and O that guy and, and, and drop this special sideline out of bounds play. That's just going to smoke them. But I have pride, prided myself on the fact that I've been a relationship guy. I've been a guy that I was really connected with his players and wanted them to know we love them and care about them and spend time with them. And so not having the summer and the fall uh, was a big dent into me to where, I really think that's what helps our teams grow and get better and, and make us good. And so we didn't have that. So then, like I said, we got them back in early October and quarantined them for a couple of weeks. And then we were just in the waiting game of trying to get uh, a situation where our governor would okay us to practice. And we waited all the way till Thanksgiving. So then five days later, we were playing Portland and here we go. And, and it's kind of been catch up the whole time. Even last week, you know, I felt like we were making ground and, and making some progress Right before Christmas, we had a really good game with Oregon State. We had the ball down one with 13 seconds to go and didn't quite get the call that we wanted to get. But we're getting better, and, and our guys are doing well. We've had a couple good wins. Um, but then last week, you know, we were headed up your way to Cheney to play um, and got into Cheney for two games to play Eastern Washington. And we had been at the hotel about 10 minutes, and I got a call saying they had a positive test. And so we needed to turn around and go home after driving through a blizzard. So – um, we used their gym. We went and practiced. We had a nice meal. We had breakfast the next morning. We got back on the bus and went home, you know, and we bused there so we could be more COVID friendly and safe instead of flying and, uh, and had to turn around and go home. So, uh, I think that, you know, people were asking me, oh, coach, how disappointed were you? How, how bummed out? How, how emotional were you about all that? And, you know, I think we're all beyond that now. I think we're all just saying, yep, that's what happened. So here's what we had to do. Let's deal with it. Let's go home. Let's practice, figure out if we can throw a game together. We talked about nine different teams, seeing if we could get a game put together in 48 hours. Couldn't quite do it. So now here we are working on a new week and see if we can play some games. 
I think the, the word that you use there is, is so perfect for this college basketball season, and that's adjustments. You've got to make adjustments with your schedule on the fly. I know I've had a broadcast where I did all the prep work leading up, and I get yeah. an email at 6 a.m. that morning, game's off, and the prep's right out the window, and now you got to move on and look forward to the next uh, opportunity. Yeah. But for a coach – you know, you have to go through the scheduling process of games and practices when that happens. But you mentioned you were 30 days or so behind in starting practices. How has that changed what you're trying to do with this team? Are you bigger picture as far as uh, philosophy on how you're playing? Or are you behind in where you would like to be with your playbook at this time of the year with all the adjustments? Or, or where are you? I think – the funny thing is I think I really had to buy into some coach speak that uh, usually if I hear it from somebody else, it, it was kind of like, oh, whatever. He's just blowing smoke <laughs> where it was literally like, OK, guys, we have to realize where we are at on the calendar. We have to realize what we are working on. We can't get into comparison and this team is doing this and this team is doing this. Um, I have something on my wall right here that says comparison is the thief of joy. And never before have I been concentrating on that more than now, simply because if you try to compare right now what certain teams are doing or getting to do, you know, getting to do is a big deal. You know, like we sat there all summer and all fall watching teams get to practice or or like, you know, our first day of practice was opening day of college basketball. We were watching teams play and we were getting ready for practice. So we had to throw all that out the window yeah, we've had to look big picture for sure and understand where we're at on our calendar. Our calendar is a big word that we're using right now. Let's worry about us and our calendar. Um, we didn't change anything we've done as far as how we're playing or what we're doing. We just wanted to implement it as well as we could. I probably never imagined, I never could have imagined, um, you just don't realize all the stuff you get done in June and July and August and September and October that you just take for granted. And uh, I never imagined it would be this challenging, but we do have a good group and a group that I think as long as we get to keep playing and keep practicing, we'll be good when it's time. And, and, and they've shown that. You know, I've always felt like the, the best players embrace and love the, the challenge of practices. And when you're so far behind getting going into those uh, early season practices like you guys were, did you have the sense that you had players that were attacking practices like a game approach no doubt in fact you know we joked as a staff we said you know as we were in our waiting period in october and november we were kind of saying well i mean i can't imagine us having bad practices the guys will be dying to go to practice we haven't had bad practices they've been very spirited and great effort and the guys have had great attitudes and we really have had to do some of those things that you know would sound corny where we just say hey thankful to get to practice today you know, something that you and I would have laughed about a year ago at this time, just saying, thankful, get to practice. I mean, what are you talking about, BP? That's stupid. But every day, yeah, you're thankful. You know, we've got weights here in a couple hours, and then we're going to test in the middle. And if we pass the test, we get to practice today. And, that, and that's how everybody's living. And so um, that's where we're at. But we have a good group. We have a good, talented group that I'm excited about. I'm always interested in hearing from coaches about why they got into coaching. You know, many times, um, and I don't mean this as a slight to many former players, but, you know, guys have been around it for so long. It's just, it's the easy thing to do. And, and what was your path getting into coaching? Was that your passion? Was there a coach that really kind of pulled you aside when you were growing up uh, and said, hey, I think you could be really good at this. 
I want to help you learn the trade. I want to work on your craft with you. You know, no, I was kind of the opposite. I, I was, I was a guy, I always looked up to my coaches. My coaches were always my favorite in school and junior high and high school. I always looked up to those guys. You know, I played basketball, football, and baseball, and, and was in a small town and played sports with all my buddies. Uh, went to play college basketball, played at Southern Utah, and all through school, you know, I was studying communications, and I, w- I was dead set. I was going to be the next Jim Nance. I was going to graduate from Southern Utah and go to Arizona hey, State job, to huh? broadcasting school. What's that? You're going to come after my job. I was going to come after your job. And so, we, we you know, I, I had about a half a year left to graduate. And uh, after my senior year, and I asked Coach Evans, I was playing at Southern Utah. I asked Coach Evans, I said, can I be a grad assistant while I finish up just to have something to do? And, you know, I was working like in the PE, the PE gym, handing out T-shirts and this and that and, and doing laundry and then just finishing my degree and uh, was all set to graduate, which I did, and then and move on. And I spent that year as a grad assistant, and I started just having these little conversations in my brain like, you know uh, – Next year at this time, I won't be on a team. Next year at this time, I won't have my hand in the huddle. Next year at this time, I won't get free T-shirts or tennis shoes. You know, that's going to be really, really weird. And, you know, like you, you know, when you grow up in it and you're on a team your whole life, um, it really would be a shock to your system. So uh, I kind of changed my path, like like almost overnight, where I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to try this coaching thing. And I graduated, and uh, and the rest was kind of history. Twenty six years later, I got a job at Snow College as an assistant, uh, working for twelve thousand dollars a year, and uh, I was the summer programs director and assistant basketball coach. And that was the beginning twenty six years ago. So um, I, it was never my dream, but then I realized that this is who I am and what I do, and and I w- didn't ever want to not be on a team. Well, the times that we've had a chance to talk, I, I can sell, sense and hear the passion for the game that you have. And every player in their playing career has a, has a different route. Every coach has a different route. You've had a unique route in the fact that uh, you've been a head coach and had tremendous success at the junior college level. But at the national junior college level, you've, you've been a part of some power five schools as assistant coaches. And now you're leading your own program in the big sky. It, Tell us really quickly about some of the differences of those challenges. Yeah, every place is different. You know, I've been fortunate to work for a lot of good guys and, and learn and grow. And, and like everybody in every field or every, every job that they have, you know, you, you take things that you like from, from people and kind of incorporate them in what you want to do. You know, Herb Sendak, you know, a lifelong head coach that's been many places, been very, very successful. You know, he, he's a daily CEO as I work for Herb at Arizona State and in Santa Clara before here, um, he's a guy that runs the ship and is a daily CEO of everything that's going on, a natural leader of of the business. Um, Jim Boylan at Utah, you know, just recently was a head coach to Chicago Bulls. I worked for him at Utah. He was tremendous at teaching and breaking the game down and studying. He taught me how to study better. He taught me how to look for things uh, the game within the game that that we could look at and practice and work on little drills and different things that we could prepare for uh, a team and try to beat them. Um, and his passion was really, really good. You know, I, I played for and worked for Bill Evans at Southern Utah, you know, when I was much, much younger. And, you know, kids wanted to run through a wall for him. You know, he had relationships with them and they would they would kill for him. They'd fight for him. And so I think you take things from everybody and you, you try to incorporate them and be you. 
But the best advice that I got from Coach Evans years ago when I, when I got my first head job at CSI was, you know, just be you. Don't try to be anybody else but you. And I think that's very important for all coaches. You know, we all look up to people. We all idolize people. Man, I'd like to look like him on the sidelines and act like him. You know, um, you can only be yourself. And if it's not you, if you're not acting like you, it's not authentic and you won't even feel comfortable in your own skin. So um, I think that I've just been taught by a lot of good guys. And then you take what you like and, and you use them and get better at it. Of all the, the coaches that you've kind of come up uh, in as part of their staffs or, or been around, is there one coach that you find yourself gravitating to as far as your own style of play and how you want Portland State to, to, to look on the floor? Yeah, you know, all the guys that I've worked for, um, when they see our style of play, they hate it. They're, they're like, I can't believe you play like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Cause we press and run and, and, you know, try to have a pretty chaotic and, and, you know, a little bit of a method to our madness, of course, but obviously no matter how you play um, you have to work on it every single day and, and get good at what you do. But no, none of my mentors love the way we play. You know, if, if, if Herb Sendek or Jim Boylan or, or coach Evans or Jeff Reinert or some of these guys had had to spend time uh, coaching on my staff, they'd be like, I don't believe in this. Let's get out of here. So um yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, is to be yourself, you know, and, and do things that you believe in and do things that you think kids can excel at. And, uh, you know, it's really important for me that kids um, not only enjoy the process and the experience, but are passionate about it, that they believe in it. And I want kids to feel bulletproof. I want kids to feel very confident when they play for us in our style of play and what we do. Um, not just have talented guys that we run out there, but guys that really believe in what we're doing and believe in themselves. Having been involved with two of the really good national level junior college programs, uh, College of Southern Idaho, and I believe it was Snow, Snow College. Indian, Indian Hills. Indian Hills. I'm sorry, Coach. Yeah. Um, you know how to recruit and evaluate those levels. Is that something yeah. that you are trying to bring to Portland State? You know, I, I think every place is different with what you're looking at, what you're trying to get. I'm thankful the fact that I've been at different levels because I think that the relationships have helped me with recruiting, but also, you know, recruiting guys from different parts of the country. All those experiences go into what you are today. Um, those two places that I was at, you know, those are top five, top 10 programs that, you know, if you don't win 30, win, 30 games, you know, at the end of the year, you know, kind of like your alma mater at Gonzaga. If they, if they don't go to the Final Four this year, Coach Few had a bad year. But if you don't win 30 games and make a run at a national title, they kind of said, well, that's a bummer year, Coach. And so um, I liked the fact that those places were basketball places and it was really every single day people were on it basketball-wise and they really, really cared. Um, all the little things about running a program, those were great learning experiences for me to get to this point here. Um, but all those learning experiences that you go into, you know, being assistant coach at Utah and Arizona State and Santa Clara, places like that, those were all growth, growth spots for me and opportunities to learn. You're now head coach at Portland State. You're in your fourth year. Um, your city in Portland is much different than a lot of big sky schools. Uh, yeah. you're, you're not a true college town where you're the only game in town. How do you use that to your advantage um, in recruiting and then when you have the guys on campus? 
Well, I, I think you know our city well, but I think our city yeah, is different than a lot of the places in our league. And so I think it's an advantage for us. Portland's fantastic. Guys have great visits when they come here. Guys love living here, you know, with the Blazers and Nike and the, and the city. Um, you know, and then I think that one of the biggest game changers for it was for us is after year one for me, you know, we played off campus at Lewis and Clark my whole first year uh, waiting for our arena to be finished and having our new arena having a real facility right here on campus at the top of the park blocks that we can really show off and be proud of. Um, that's been a big deal for us. We have a great place to play now. I think many guys before me over the years, and you've been in that old place or you were in that old place, um, wasn't real impressive. Wasn't something that people wanted to come and show off. There was a lot of, a lot of other great things, but that wasn't one of them. So now we think we have another great piece to the puzzle that really helps us. And it's shown in our recruiting. I like where we're at that way, but Portland's a great sale and, and kids, you know, especially kids from other cities, you know, it's a real comfortable transition because it's not an overwhelming big city, but it's a, it's a nice city that guys can come and be comfortable with. Absolutely. Now I want to put, I want you to put your basketball fan hat on for a second. Okay. When you're, when you're watching the NBA game right now, is there a certain player that you maybe share your your affinity for to your program? And then is there a team that you want your staff to kind of really dive into and watch um, what that pro, what that organization is doing? You know, I really was into um, studying the Jazz offensively last year. I studied the Jazz and the Blazers. I thought they ran really good actions, and there's some stuff that I really enjoyed for our team and trying to do. Um, the NBA game, I don't study it as much per se because they played – differently than we do um over the years i've studied a lot more college guys but um player wise there's no player right now that i just dive into and say you know like my son is lebron through and through and and, and uh my other son is Kyrie, so that we have the family fights going on all the time about who's better and and my and my daughter loves james harden because we were at arizona state and all those kind of things and so th those family arguments happen every single day when people are playing but uh uh, growing up in Utah, I still am a jazz guy being here in Portland. I like Portland as well. So I follow those teams more than anybody else. And, um, you know, have different friends around the NBA on different benches and things like that, that I like to pick their brain on and talk about, but it's usually smaller stuff like, Hey, what are you guys doing for offensive rebounding? Or, Hey, what, how do you guys guard flare screens? What's your philosophy on if it's on the second side of the floor or different things like that to where I like picking their brains on the littler stuff. But I end up studying college guys that maybe play like us or older films that, that, that people played like us. Yeah, you're, you're so right in one of those comments you made uh, in the fact that they're two completely different games. Same, yeah. completely different games. So if you're, if you're looking at the landscape of college basketball, is there a program that you look at and, that you want to kind of use as a blueprint for Portland State being that you're – in a big sky, in the big sky conference, you're in a good sized city that you think, Hey, they did a nice job with this, this, and this, we can try to emulate that and have success as well. Well, first of all, I think emulating um, style of play within the lines, I probably would say that I probably study and follow, especially in recent years, they're not pressing as much, but they do the rebounding thing. Like we do West Virginia has been somebody that I've really studied a lot. Um, you know, more recent years, I loved how Mike Anderson's teams were playing at Gonzaga and Missouri when they were pressing, 
Shaka, when he was at VCU, I used to study that a lot. Even Bruce Pearl's stuff at Tennessee when, when he was pressing a lot. Those teams kind of fit how we played a little bit more. Um, but probably most recently, I study West Virginia, especially with the offensive and defensive rebounding. And then when they've been pressing and getting after it full court, I liked what they've done. And then I've spent time talking to those guys about different things. Um, and then Texas Tech in the half court, um, Mark Adams is a great friend of mine there. And, and we spent a ton of time talking about uh, defense in the half court and siding the ball and, and not letting it get to a second side and all those kind of things. And so pieces of the game that I like to pick people's brains on. Well, I see some of those traits in a lot of from a lot of those teams in your team when I saw you guys earlier this year. Uh, Coach, I appreciate the time. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And uh, I agree. The new addition to that arena should do uh, a nice job of, of helping you guys continue to make the climb in the big sky, because quite frankly, I do think it is a better basketball conference than the average fan realizes. So, Coach, thanks for joining today. Thanks. Appreciate you. Appreciate our friendship. Look forward to doing it again. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Absolutely. Again, take care. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.